Hello, and welcome to Small Business Pivots. I'm your host, Michael Morrison, a small business coach who helps guide small businesses from struggle to success. Go to michaeldmorrison.com to learn how we can help you. On this podcast, we talk to small business owners to learn the pivots they made to grow their struggling business into a successful business, now doing a million dollars or more in annual revenue. Our guest today is Tammy Burdick. Tammy, also known as the Diagnosis Detective, is a successful published author, health advocate, 18-year franchise expert, and franchise executive freelancer, plus a virtual franchisee with Juice Plus Tower Garden Company. She's been featured in a New York Times article, plus you may have even seen her on TV as she has also been a special guest on many media news networks a talk show, and various other podcasts as she continues her journey to help others around the world. Her strides towards educating and helping others both professionally and even from a health perspective has proven to be invaluable, especially with having published her book in 2021. Her Aaron Brockovich-like story has shown the importance of being your best advocate no matter what health crisis or diagnosis someone is faced with quest to answers, and the need to be more self-aware when traveling regarding the dangers that may unknowingly be lurking in the environment. Let's get to our guest now to learn the pivots she made for success so you can be inspired to make successful pivots in your business journey. Today, we have a special guest, Tammy Burdick. How are you today? I'm all right. Thank you for asking. Fantastic. What part of the world are you coming to us from today? I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. All right. Anything special going on uh, this time of year in Cincinnati? You know, we always have stuff going on in this city. There's always something to do. Besides having breweries at every street corner, we have festivals. I mean, we have a big um, kind of like light show thing that's coming up here. Um, I saw kind of trending on social media about it we've had it in previous years that normally has a really good turnout you know we have a lot of church festivals this time of year um a really amazing live music scene as well so very cool so it sounds like it would be worth the trip to come to cincinnati oh yeah well and we also have um great wolf lodge um we have king's island cincinnati reds fc cincinnati which is soccer we have our cincinnati Bengals. we have cyclones hockey wow so if you're a sports fan we have it all (laughs) very cool very cool well we are here to help small business owners and i just have a question for you when you were a child did you see yourself being where you are today or do you see did you see yourself being further or not where you want to be what is what does that look like so when i was a child i actually wanted to be a couple different things when i was really young i wanted to be a teacher um, and all it seems like I wanted to do when I was young was play school with my friends. And then as I got older, I kind of thought I had interest in cosmetology, but that quickly went away. And then as I um, approached my later teenage years, I started thinking business. I had that business mindset, maybe sales, maybe marketing, maybe both. They tie in together. Um, And that's ultimately what I decided to go to college for. But I spent my last year in high school actually in a career development program. So I had an extra 806 hours of sales and marketing training in addition to my high school education. 
So I think that really kind of gave me some leverage um, to know if that is an area that I wanted to pursue long term. And I ended up in the franchise space. So helping not only franchise systems really excel at what they're doing, but helping a lot of potential entrepreneurs, you know, become small business owners. Very cool. So let's talk about franchises. I'm because I'm, I'm often asked as a business coach, if I were to start a business, should I look at a franchise or should I start from grassroots? And of course, I see there's positives in both, but there's also negatives in both as well. It just really depends on your behavioral trait. And uh, so tell us a little bit about your company, what you've built, and then let's talk about franchises and how that helps a small business owner. So I'm an independent franchise business consultant. So I primarily help a lot of franchise systems across the country. They tend to be kind of more in that startup mode where perhaps a founder of a business decided to convert to becoming a franchise system and they've got an FDD, they have a franchise agreement, but then they're just kind of like, what do I do now? Um, And that's kind of where I come into play. And I really help them parallel um, with what they're going to need to do for the future. I might look at what they currently have in terms of processes, procedures, and programs. I might even help develop some of those. But a lot of times these founders kind of really use me as their mentor and really kind of guide them in the right direction and at the right time. So let's back up just a second, because I know that every successful entrepreneur did not start that way. What were some of the challenges as you launched this new venture getting into that? Well, obviously, when you're self-employed, it's, you know, being able to build a reputation it's being able to build a referral base of business. And it's really getting yourself out there. It's doing a lot of networking and, you know, so obviously becoming, you know, self-employed as a freelance consultant, you know, you're, you're, you're your own marketer. You're your own brand, essentially. That yeah. leads me to a topic of uh, sales because I get approached often When a business owner comes to us and says, I'm having a difficulty time in sales, I'll ask them about a playbook if they have one or any kind of systems. And most of the time they don't. And a lot of times they've tried to hire someone else to do sales for them. But I love what you said, because that right there is a nugget every business owner should hear. You are the business. You are the brand. If you can't sell it, you cannot pass the buck, basically. And so I I love you sharing that uh, from personal experience. So moving along, any pivots that you made along the way to uh, build your business? Well, at the end of the day, sales is about having your customer like you and trust you. And if your customer likes you and they trust you, you're going to be easier to work with. Um, And I think at the end of the day, you have to have those things in place in order to be successful. And I mean, sure, I've got, you know, all of the knowledge in the world being in the industry for 18 years now. But at the end of the day, my clients have to like who I am. They have to trust what I know and trust my guidance. And, um, you know, that's that's definitely important to always build that, that trust and be likable. So on the franchises, I just yeah. rewatched, I don't know for what time, how many times this has been, the McDonald's movie, Ray Kroc. Uh, I just finished rereading The E-Myth again and talks about right. franchises and being replicable in your business. So walk us down 
what are the strengths of a franchise? Um, how does that help a small business owner? And then maybe what are some of the challenges that you would have as a franchise owner? A lot of times I'll suggest maybe working with a broker. A lot of times these brokers have their own kind of proprietary system. They've got all of these relationships with these different franchise organizations. They can really identify like what's going to be the perfect brand or the perfect fit for them in particular. When it comes to franchising, the benefits of franchising is essentially you're investing in a turnkey operation. So you're not having to figure everything out yourself. It's more common in franchising to have the business already proven as a successful business and a successful business model. Basically, I'm investing in their proven business model. I'm getting access to all their programs, their processes, their procedures, their marketing, their training, and most importantly, the ongoing support. So when you're a independent business owner, you just can't call up, you know, a franchise system like they are and say, I have a question about XYZ and get an answer. But in franchising, you can. Some of the downfalls to franchising is false expectations. So some of these potential franchisees that decide to invest in a franchise kind of envisioned it completely different than what they thought. You do have to to do the work. You do have to be involved in the business. And I think there's a misconception where if I have a franchise, I you know don't have to do anything. It's also important to make sure that you're getting involved with a franchise system that has a great reputation. It's also good that you make sure that you're going to feel comfortable working with them for essentially 10 years or more because it is a commitment. You know, you are in making an investment. So I would say that those would be the kind of the, the key points to take away when it comes to franchising. Those are excellent points. And I like to remind business owners, I think, because so many of us have watched Shark Tank, the show, yeah. and yeah. there's a difference between... Yeah, there's a difference between a Mr. Wonderful and a business owner. Mr. Wonderful is an investor. And I think business owners have this, what you kind of aligning with what you said, this misconception of I'll just buy a franchise and then I don't have to do anything. No, you're still, you're a business owner or you're an investor. (laughs) I mean, there's two different things. And so um, I love how you brought up that point that there is still work to be done or you should have the resources to hire someone to run it for you. But someone's got to work the system, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. And and there's a lot of franchise systems where you don't or you're not required to be hands-on in the business every day. Like if I were to invest in a handyman concept, let's just use that as an example. I don't have to be the estimator. I don't have to be the handyman. I have to be the business owner. But I need to know what my estimators are doing, what my handyman's doing. And maybe I'm going to be out marketing. Maybe I'm going to be networking. Maybe I'm going to be making relationships. I'm going to be canvassing my community. So there's still going to be effort and work involved. You might just not be doing the business every day. Right. That's very, very valid points. So having worked with a lot of business owners, I would estimate that maybe about 30%, believe it or not, are franchise owners. Um, they've per- they've bought into one and it just didn't work out. They don't get the corporate support. They're kind of left on an island by themselves, although the franchise is getting their money still 
for but there's just no support. So what would someone look for? Obviously, you working with a lot of franchises, like what is a good franchise? What does that look like? I would say the best thing to find out if you're going to be getting involved with a really solid, good franchise system before you get involved, call randomly a lot of their existing franchisees Mm. and ask them what their experience has been like. Because there's going to be no one else on earth that's going to be able to give you the raw, true feedback as someone that's already doing it and in it. So that's like my biggest advice for anyone that's interested in looking at different franchise systems is definitely contact at random their existing franchisees. I think it's unfortunate and it does happen sometimes in franchising where there's not going to be that good fit. You know, there's a lot of criteria as to why that might happen. Some franchise systems are more diligent about making sure they're identifying the right person to partner with. I think that's also essential. So, but definitely contact the existing franchisees. I think that's going to be your best bet. That's a wise advice. A testimonial basically is what you're getting. So you're listening to Small Business Pivots, a podcast created for small business owners who are ready to take their business to the next level. If you need help growing your business, go to michaeldmorrison.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. Let's get back to our guest. What are some of the, or if you can, what are some of the franchises? Do you represent franchises or you just go out and find the best fit for someone that's looking for a franchise? So that's more like a broker. I have several relationships with different brokers. I would you know, be able to recommend for someone that wants to explore franchising, but I actually work with the different franchise systems directly. Sometimes that might even be working with some of their franchisees, kind of being that third party mediator too. So I'm more on the helping the franchise systems grow, making sure they're doing all of the right things. Did you have any head trash, as we call it, in the in the coaching world as far as being held back, as far as, you know, a lot of people, if you've never been somewhere, you can't even fathom being there. So for instance, I know a lot of business owners come to us and they're, they're, uh, I'd say their business is stuck at, let's say, $300,000. And they just want to keep going. And and I'll ask them, you know, what's that target you want to hit? And for some reason, a million dollars is always the target. A million dollar business and to have their own office, you know, they're not working from home anymore. And so what are some of those things that you had to, that you were challenged with and how did you overcome those? Kind of goes back earlier in our conversation. It's unless someone's recommending you and don't get me wrong, I have a great referral business. You know, you are your own marketer. So you're really having to constantly make relationships, maintain relationships and really kind of build your reputation and get yourself out there. I would say that's kind of been like my biggest challenge, at least initially being in freelancing. Obviously, it's gotten a lot easier with the referral business and, you know, my tenure in the in, in the industry. But I guess it really just kind of depends on where people are in, in their career and what they're specifically doing. But for me as a, a freelance, that would probably be what I would come up with. Interesting. So back to the yeah. franchise, we're kind of yeah. skipping around here on the playground. Back to the franchises. What is when someone is deciding, I want to start my own business or buy a franchise? 
What is a selling point? I know you kind of mentioned some of the positives of a franchise, but how can they make that decision? Or is there kind of a step that, or a process that you go through with them? Or is it just kind of a inclination like they know? So in franchising, specific process that a candidate will go through, and it really doesn't matter what organization you're looking at, it's going to be along the lines of a very similar process. There's obviously um, certain things that are regulated in the franchise industry and also part of the International Franchise Association. So there's a systematic way of, of doing things. In, in franchising, the benefits are obviously that turnkey operation. It's a very thorough process too when you're looking at the different franchise systems that you might want to invest in. So I think by the time it comes to whether you decide, do I wanna do this or not, you should feel pretty confident in saying yes or no. What are the types of businesses for us? I mean, of course we all hear of, you know, restaurant chains and things like that mm -hmm. franchises, but what are some of the not so common that franchises that you find are a great fit for a small uh, or not even a small business person or owner, just someone that wants to get into business. Do you have any off the top of your mind that would be a great fit? Yeah. So there's different investment level opportunities. And I think oftentimes that can be a misconception too. Like, well, I, I can't be a franchisee because, you know, I'm not going to have that initial investment. There are some where they're as low as $50. Like I have a virtual franchise with Juice Plus and Tower Garden, um, and it's $52 a year to be part of the organization as a virtual franchisee. And there's, you know, franchise systems, obviously, when you're going into more of the brick and mortar, like places like McDonald's and, you know, Taco Bell and Planet Fitness and things like that, you're obviously going to have a much higher investment level there just because of it being a brick and mortar and the type of business that it is. So you're going to have more employees as well. Really just kind of look at where you think you're going to be comfortable too in terms of an investment level. And then you also have to think, you know, long term, you're going to have to look at your overhead too, like all of the ongoing costs that you're going to have as, as being a franchisee. But, you know, it goes back to is, is working with a broker, they look at a lot of different types of areas where they really, truly help these potential franchisees look for a more suitable fit. I am a big believer in following your passion. There's, you know, other franchise systems out there that might say, well, you know, as long as you're you know, making money at the end of the day, why is passion so much important? Well, I guess those, it's to. <laughs> yeah, well, those, those are the ones I would run from because <laughs> when a business owner comes to me, they usually don't, when they're struggling, they usually don't understand their purpose, which is also their passion. It's like, you know, I'm, I just, I, I don't care for sushi. Uh, a lot of people love it. So, mm -hmm. You know, I would never be a good sushi operator. Like, I don't care how much profit is involved. I just couldn't do yeah. it. I don't like the smell. And so if you re if you kind of align that with what you're saying, that's why you've got to have passion in it, because there's going to be days you don't want to get up. <laughs> there's going to be days you don't want to go to work and face that angry customer or that challenge of the day firing someone. And you've got to be passionate there's got to be passion behind the business or else you're just, it would be very difficult to make it in my opinion. I agree with you. Like I'm so big and so passionate about health and wellness. And I mean, I'm obviously an author too on a, you know, medical related topic. So for me, you know, I couldn't work at a McDonald's or a, a Taco Bell. Um, yeah. It's just not something that I could feel passionate about. You know, could I own a clean juice franchise? You know, it's an organic, 
um, juiced with, you know, some healthier food options. Absolutely. So really, you know, for me, I'd have to do something that aligns with what I believe in and what I'm excited about and what I could be passionate about every day. The systems and processes, what do you look for in a franchise? Because I'm a firm believer that every successful business has to have a minimum of these three things. One is guiding principles. Uh, you got to have your strategy. You got to know what the North Star is, where you're going to get your team on board. The second is SOPs, uh, standard operating procedures. And the third is people. And that's more than just employees. That's vendors, contractors, suppliers, bankers, accountants. You know, it's your entire supporting team. So SOPs is one of the biggest things. And we preach that all the time for businesses. Are there, what do you look for in a franchise and what makes one better than the other? So if I were to invest in a, a franchise, um, yes. obviously I would definitely contact the franchisees. Like I, I said earlier, I want to find out the the real data, the the real raw experience of what they've encountered. That's important, but I would look at what they have for training. What is that like? Is it a week long? Is it two weeks long? Is it virtual? Is it in person? Um, making sure that they have solid marketing. Are they going to help me build a business plan? Are they going to help me build a marketing plan? Are they going to help me? What are they doing in terms of national marketing support as well as local level or hyper hyper local marketing? Are they going to help me build both of those plans? And obviously people is important too, because essentially franchising is similar to a marriage. And you're basically marrying this company for at least 10 years because you're making that 10 year franchise agreement with this company. So you need to feel comfortable that you're going to feel, you know, comfortable working with these people every day or every week. You mentioned 10 years and I yep. don't know that anyone's ever asked this question. So when you start a business from scratch, you can build it, sell it. There's no restrictions. When you buy into a franchise, what are some of the common restrictions as far as in the future being able to build your individual location or franchise and then selling it? What are what, what does that look like? Yeah. So what franchising is, is duplicating a proven business model, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to fall within what that is. And obviously, you know, there's there's conditions and there's terms that are, you know, all agreed upon, right? My experience at McDonald's in Cincinnati, Ohio should be the exact same experience out in Los Angeles, California. As a franchisee, you just can't go and add certain products or certain services. You're following exactly to the T what the franchise system has created. You're duplicating that business model, but just in your area. And then when you go to sell that, let's say 10 years from now, like I want to retire, what does that typically look like for a franchise owner? Do they sell it back to the franchise or can they sell it to anyone? What does that look like? So there's a lot of different options. Sometimes franchisees will choose to use a broker to help them sell the franchise. Um, there's obviously the franchise system that's involved in that process, but Hopefully after that 10 years, they're going to be happy and they're going to want to do it for another 10 and then another 10 after that. And then maybe they'll end up having their family get involved and the family will take over the franchise and then they'll do it for 10 years and then 10 years after that. And I think when these potential franchisees come within the mindset of I'm going to have this more than 10 years, 
that's the franchise you really want to be partnering with. You don't want to really think of this as a, a short-term gig. Hmm. Yes, it's 10 years, but that's kind of like the minimum. Look at it as more of a, a minimum and not a lifetime. I love that. So long-term, it's a long-term investment, not just a yeah. buy a franchise to see if it works. Yeah. yeah. And there's multi-unit operators too. A lot of these larger systems in particular will have franchisees that you know, are multi-unit operators. So they own, you know, 30, they own 50, they might own 80. And then they have their own kind of, you know, organization or group themselves. So. Interesting. Okay. Well, we're about out of time. Hard to believe. Any words of wisdom (laughs) that you can offer for small business owners out there? Yeah. I mean, don't be in fear that you can't do it. You know, if you don't want to figure things out on your own, there's always going to be franchising. And like I said, there's, you know, different investment levels. There's work from home franchises. There's brick and mortar franchises. There is the franchise that I have, like Juice Plus and Tower Garden. Um, I'm completely virtual. I can work my business if I'm in the Caribbean or if I'm in Florida or here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, So don't ever have that fear. And I think that that's kind of what gets in the way with a lot of small business owners or potentially thinking about becoming a business owner. Yes. Fear. Fear is one of the top three uh, mindset uh, obstacles. So how could someone get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Tammy Burdick, and it'll also say the diagnosis detective because that's the name of my book on Amazon. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at diagnosisdetective.tammyverdick. And then if you want to follow me more more so with my book, um, I'm at, on Facebook at Granulomatous Mastitis Book and Tips. Hey, so quick plug about your book. What is that about? Yeah, so I went on a business trip um, a couple years ago and unknowingly at the time contracted an environmentally associated bacteria from the hotel shower that I was staying at. And it was a very long journey, um, but it led me to becoming known as the diagnosis detective with um, my book of the same name. Wow. That sounds yeah. interesting. I'll have to look into that. I know, that's like a whole other interview in itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I guess maybe you'll be back to talk about that. So that sounds very interesting. So I appreciate your time and we uh, will find you over on LinkedIn or any of the other social media channels and listeners go uh, pick up a copy of her book. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Small Business Pivots. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. If you need help growing your business, go to michaeldmorrison.com. And if you have a guest or topic suggestion for our podcast, or you just want to talk anything small business, email me at michael at michaeldmorrison.com. We'll see you next time on Small Business Pivots.